0: The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports Mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E. The letter K Radio on Twitter as it's a instant reaction edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast as the Denver Broncos lose to the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, a tough one here uh, a divisional game of course on the road against one of the best teams in the AFC if not the best team in the AFC uh, the Kansas City Chiefs win 30-23 Denver now falls to 3-5 and five on the season and you could make strong arguments that uh, the season is over and that um, there are now signs that Point to Denver particularly being a seller at the upcoming trade deadline, which starts on, or I should say, which the deadline is on Tuesday. But of course, it's seemingly the action per se of those trades. And it looks like it's going to be an active one in the NFL starts, well, really now to Tuesday. So we're going to go over that on the Broncos Blitz podcast. I'm going to get your reaction, your instant post game reaction on Twitter at Ronnie K. Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K. Radio on Twitter. Twitter. Twitter as uh, a lot of you... uh I want, I want this podcast to be a sound off board for you guys, give you that opportunity. Uh, we're going to be fair about it, but we're also going to be on the understanding that we're not going to continually beat a dead horse because, look, let's cover our bases here at first. This is a Broncos team that is a, uh, I think it's a 10-6 and 6 roster. It is a 10-6 and 6 roster with a 6-10 and 10 coaching staff. I think this was Bill Musgrave's worst game calling uh, as far as offense goes this year um they were in multiple situations where they were just too cutesy uh, the flea flicker wall down 10 that only results in a 10 yard pass and it just so happened to be intercepted the a jet sweeps when you have a running game that is just rolling and again this this gets so frustrating over and over again, when you have a guy like Philip Lindsay who is just tearing it up on the ground, he finishes with 18 carries, 95 yards, and uh, a 5.3 average, and then on top of that, you know, for a guy, Devontae Booker, who we've kind of criticized, nine carries, average, okay? Nine carries, that's a small sample size, but it is good enough to know and tell me that that 8.7 average, very effective on the ground. These were guys who were running between the tackles, getting outside, and they were gashing a Kansas City defense that, quite frankly, we knew going in was not very good. Was not very good. So uh, it's frustrating when you have that kind of run game and yet situational football... Always, it just seems like coaching staffs try to be cutesy or they think too much and then they overthink it and they get into situations they really shouldn't put themselves in, particularly, and it did result in a touchdown on third down, but particularly this second down play uh, at the goal line uh, where Denver is looking to score. I believe it was in the second quarter when it's a clear opportunity. To just run the football, just run it down their throat, and then they elect to pass, and Keenum throws the ball away because he he can't find a wide receiver. This also a guy who's turned the ball over uh, up there as far as interceptions in the league in the red zone. So it's just it's it's so disappointing to see so much of this situational football that we've talked about over and over and over and over again on this podcast that has just been been very very poorly executed. Um, by by the coaching staff, it just seems like they they almost get caught up in the game and they lose. Now I do think the better team won today, as the Kansas City Chiefs now at seven and one, they're four and zero on uh, at home. Uh, this is the best team, if not the second best team. You can go one two based on them and the Patriots, uh, but this team is just a juggernaut, and I think Denver did give them a game, but it's the it's also going in. To continue this talk on the coaching staff, going into the second half, of course, that's when you really look at those adjustments. What adjustments did you make not only on offense, but also on defense to combat it, and it just didn't work. Kansas City scores 14 to open that third quarter, that second half, and they uh, uh, they outscored Denver fourteen nothing in that third quarter. Now Denver tries to put together a rally, but you can make that argument. Of course, it, it very much felt like the the uh, the game was over after that Kareem Hunt touchdown. Of course, he's hurdling Bronco defenders. Uh, it was just a, a a a hammer shot on the Broncos' season. I will say, not the game. The season and look, I, I'm not here. I don't want to talk about penalties because look, there was sticky tack stuff on both sides. I don't, I don't quite frankly think I had any problems with the officiating. This comes down to Denver being a good team that is weak at one of the most important positions, and that's quarterback. And then a coaching staff that just seems to be. It, it's time. It's time to make a change. The season is is now very much. And look if you want to be Mr. optimistic and say, well, you know if they can go on a run you know ten and six, nine, and seven no this is a this is a Denver team that's got three four losses and and again, they had multiple chances to try to uh, 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 beat teams that would have solidified a a potential record that I could have said, okay, maybe they make that run, but the teams that they've gone up against that they have lost to, the chiefs can't take care of business the chiefs. Can't take care of business. The Rams can't take care of business. The Ravens can't take care of business. And they just beat up on the bad teams. And look, that that's not the recipe for being a playoff team. That's a recipe for being a 7-9 and nine at best, 8-8 eight and eight mediocre team. That's really what it is in the NFL. If you win your winnable games, but you can't win the competitive games at all, that's when things turn to that mediocrity let's go to our Twitter at uh, Ronnie K radio that's at Ronnie K radio where uh, we're taking all your responses this is a uh, a loss where you guys are are very uh, very vocal it seems like uh, very vocal I, I I tweeted it out I said hey you know I want your responses what do you think of the game uh, with the deadline coming up on Tuesday should Denver be sellers these are your reactions. Uh, Nero at a fiddle says one more quarter and I'd like to have a fire sale. Now he tweeted that out in the third quarter. So it, I believe it's time to fire sale this situation. Kevin on Twitter says, uh, Broncos should sell the farm and rebuild around the run game. And Sutton keep Keenum for another year. T- consider trading everyone, including Von Miller. Uh, let's pump the brakes here for a second. First of all, I, you're not going to trade Von Miller. Uh, I can rule that out now. <laughs> you're not going to do that. Um, the, the rumored players, of course, earlier this week, even kind of bleeding into the weekend were, of course, Demarius Thomas, Bradley Roby. Uh, Chris Harris Jr.'s name was thrown out there, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, there's a lot of aging veterans there. Shane Ray, Brandon Marshall. And and look, this is a Denver team that is very young and very talented in many positions. And of course, it is now making it easier to move on from those guys. And I'm going to single out particularly Demarius Thomas. When you have a Cortland Sutton who catches three for 78, and, and he's one of those guys you could just throw up and go get. And I, and another, to go back to the coaching staff, I don't know why they don't do this more often. Sutton wins just about every 50-50 ball that I've seen every game. It's incredible. This guy's skill set, you just drop back and throw. Sometimes on second and short, because you're getting those opportunities with a good run game, just throw the ball up to the man. Just throw him the damn ball, give him a chance. And they only did it once. I just, it's mind-blowing because we say the same thing every single week. Every single week. This is a Kansas City defense that is not good. It's not good. They have an incredible offense. It is a bad defense. A bad defense. And you don't take those shots or those opportunities when you've seen it in the past. History says that it's worked. And it's just so frustrating. On Twitter. At Ronnie K Radio, of course, is where you can follow me and you can react. Uh, Greg says they need to do something because this isn't working. Obviously, I think we can all agree with that. David Hurlbut, of course, of the Morning Huddle. You can find him on Mile High Sports Radio. Says dump the players like Blue Star Airlines stock. <laughs> I love the reference. Uh, Haston Beamer says sell. Time to start rebuilding for the future. Clear some cap. Add some draft picks. Will Ryan says, trade to Marius Thomas and anything valuable and expandable on defense, or ex- expendable, excuse me, except Von Miller, Chris Harris Jr., and anyone on a rookie deal. Make all the contract year guys available and take the best offer they can get for each. Not a full-on tank, but close. Well, here's the thing. I, I think that's the wrong mindset, and I think that's the problem here is that it, it's difficult because you will never convince players to tank. There's no such thing as that. It'll never happen in the NFL. These guys are playing for jobs. They are playing for money. They are playing for pride. They will never do that, nor should you ever ask them to do that. It is extremely unfair. The nature of these athletes is to win and play at their hardest. If you think any athlete it has to be extremely apparent that they are, per se, dogging it or mailed it in. It is very rare that that happens. These guys are playing full speed, and quite frankly, when you don't play full speed, that's when you can get hurt in the National Football League. Uh, but So to ask them to do that is just unfair. But yes, at this point in time, I think losing is beneficial to the Broncos. It really is, as Denver is going to be staring their first back-to-back losing season straight in the eye for the first time since the early 70s, and this is a bad team. This is a bad team. Well, I, I, should say, I should rephrase that again. I, I think roster-wise, there is talent here, but the problem is, is that the underlying umbrella is, is so weak, and that's the coaching staff. It's like if you have this big bowl of chili, It's a tremendous chili. It's got beef. It's got beans. It's got the the exact right of spice. I'm a spicy chili guy. I like it a little spicy. It's got the right amount of spice where it's not too much for those who can't tolerate spice. But it's also got a little kick for those who do like that spice. And then you have one rotten onion. You have one rotten onion that you've chopped up. And you don't know it's rotten because you don't know better. Because quite frankly, us guys, we don't know how to cook chili. And you put that rotten onion in the chili. And now the Chili's ruined. That's what this Denver Broncos team is. The body of it is a good team. And the coaching has just been dreadful. All year long. It's, it's, it's from Vance down. And look, you could you can make arguments about some of the decisions they made in the offseason and John Elway and this and that and draft picks, but I, that's not what the topic of this podcast is right now. We're, we're narrowing this down to this season, this game, and the problems are very apparent. They have a talented roster, and they're weak at some of the most key, important positions, and that's quarterback. We'll get to that in a second. And coaching. Uh, Jennifer Pearson says, I think they... Uh, they need to be handing out pink slips for all the coaches. Well, that may be a little strong. They're probably not getting rid of everybody, but yeah, I understand your point, Jennifer. T. Scott, Planet Broncos, says 100% this season is over. Any trade the Broncos don't make outside of Chris Harris Jr. would be a mistake. Sebastian on Twitter says we have at least 20 quality players. Really good draft. Better coaching and another good draft will do it. No need for a fire sale, but we'll have to listen to offers. And I will say this. I think it's really important for everybody to understand. It is emphasizing the word listening. They're not actively shopping guys. They are listening to offers. Teams listen to offers all the time. Plenty of players are listened to. You just don't hear them half the time. And this is a Denver team that they need to be listening to offers for just about everybody, if not beginning to actively shop players tonight and tomorrow morning. Uh, Rockies AB, Andrew Benatendi guy. A World Series uh, World Series, very exciting, by the way, right now. Uh, says, yes, sell everybody who isn't. In the long-term plans, fire Joseph and the staff. Promote L.A. out of the GM position prior to the draft. You know, we're, we're going to talk about this in future podcasts. I, I By all means, we're not going to ignore it today, but uh, I want to mainly focus the topic of what we want to talk about here on the podcast, and that's this individual game and should Denver be buyers or sellers as the deadline approaches. Uh, Diamond Rattler says, Good heart from the players. Terrible coaching. Time to trade DT, Booker, Ray, and Marshall. I tell you what, uh, Devontae Booker gave you something today. I don't know if there's trade value out there for a Devontae Booker, who, by the way, congratulations, Devontae Booker, finally crossed 1,000 yards rushing for uh, in his Denver Broncos career. That's what, three years? Not bad, not bad. Finally starting to see a little, and, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic by any means, uh he's finally starting to show a little bit of that, that that Denver liked when they drafted him. And look, this is still a young guy, I think, that does work nicely in a kind of partnership with Philip Lindsay, Obviously, Royce Freeman, once he comes back, kind of brings that power element. I actually like this running little stable here. And uh, Booker brings you a little bit more of that pass-catching presence as well, too. So it's not the worst thing in the world to see that kind of production. I don't think you need to deal a guy like that because you're probably only getting a late-round draft pick, and I think you'd rather have that value on the field, particularly because his age as well as his contract situation. Chilo Man 303 says, I do agree the coaching is bad and definitely not getting the best out of the team, but I think we as a fan base overvalued players the last two seasons and lean on a bad coaching crutch. I tell you what, it's not a crutch. It is bad coaching. It is bad coaching. Um, There's really no other way to put it. Uh, From the play calling to some of the assignments to the adjustments. Again, second half adjustments, that's on the head coach. And Denver has uh, consistently been a team that seemingly the adjustments have not worked out well. And it goes from Vance Joseph to down. And again, I don't want to beat the dead horse. But this is a team that is very weak in the coaching situation. Uh, Hollywood Isaiah says, really, I was thinking more along the lines of a 10-16 playing like 3-3. Three three. Of course, uh, reacting to one of my tweets on Twitter, at Radio, where, again, 10-6 roster, 6-10 coaching staff. That's how I look at this situation right now. Woods letting our DBs play off the ball in critical turnovers. Of course, we talked about this in the Oakland game, the Baltimore game. This team has been one or two plays away from being five and two, at least. Uh, look, you know, I, I don't want to debate the coulda, woulda, shouldas because I think in the NFL there are always those kind of games where oh, the ball bounces a certain way this way you win this game, you know, you, you get a field goal here instead of this or a, a pick there. He catches this pass, X pass. Like, there are so many variables. I look at what happened. I look at the bottom line and the facts. Uh, does Case Keenum hit that touchdown pass against KC and they're one game better against KC? Sure. Absolutely. But he didn't. He didn't. And that goes, and that is absolutely on the players. But he didn't. So I, I don't want to talk about the, 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 the shoulda woulda couldas because the shoulda woulda couldas could always be anything, and there's just too many variables there that I don't, that's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down. So your reactions, keep them coming on our Twitter page at Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio. Heather Ryan says couldn't agree more uh, when it comes to the ten and six, six and ten. Damian on Twitter says Case has lost both these games against the Chiefs. When he had a chance to win it, the only offensive play call I didn't like was the jet sweep on third and two. I believe that was the one that Emmanuel Sanders ran. Uh, look, didn't like the jet sweep, didn't like throwing in the red zone. Multiple chances to give Philip Lindsey that opportunity. And then here's what you do. Then you get uh, Case Keenum on a bootleg. On a deep pass to Emmanuel Sanders like you did in the first half. Why don't you continue that? Why don't we see that more? We just don't get it. It just It's 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 mind blowing. Uh going back to the penalties, by the way. Uh because I believe there were there were multiple carries by Philip Lindsay. Um, and I believe it was three for some 60-ish. That uh, of production yards wise that was taken away because of penalties look penalties that yes that's on the player but there's a part of it on the offensive line that maybe goes back to coaching as well too. I mean the, these guys seem to have regressed in year two at least. Uh, t- together-wise as an offensive line. I know they're dealing with some injuries, but Garrett Bulls once again allows a-, a brutal sack to Case Keenum. And and everybody on the Bulls bull sack talking about that was a coverage sack. That was not a coverage sack. The defensive lineman went right around Bulls and and got to Case Keenum. That's-, that's not a coverage sack. That is on the offensive line. Uh, offensive line was very poor, very poor. Um, it, it's just, it's, uh, I think sometimes we just got to breathe because we can get caught up in all this. We can get caught up in the seven yards per carry that, uh, Denver was run into the tuna for a majority of the game. And then there's these weird swing passes, uh, these, these, the, the flea flicker that was intercepted. I just don't get, just don't get it when you're down 10. It's so cutesy and and it's not logical. Like just just run the ball. Running the ball is working. Do it. Just do it. Uh so a lot of frustration with the Broncos, obviously, and, and you guys uh on Twitter. Uh new type, JK forty seven says, I would argue twelve and four roster. But our coaching staff is a lucky five and eleven, while our QB is lucky to be anywhere near six and ten at this point. I think Case Keenum is is I think Case Keenum is better than what he's displaying here. And allow me to explain. I think Case Keenum, when you give him the right situation and the right opportunities, and that's exactly what Minnesota did, he can thrive. I think this is a Case Keenum that can win 10 games. This is a Case Keenum that can win you 10 games. And for anybody who disagrees, I point to Minnesota's game, la- Minnesota's season last year. Uh, Denver arguably has a better roster on offense, and you could argue just as good on defense. This is a Denver team that is not far off. Not far off roster-wise, but the problem is is you have to utilize Case Keenum in the correct situations, and I I think there's a lot of it that is used more as a conventional quarterback that when they get down, they rely on him to try to just will them out, of and that's not what Case Keenum is. That's not ever what Case Keenum is going to be. You get what you pay for, and what you're getting is a guy who is still arguably a journeyman who, when put in the right situations can thrive. Those situations need to be working off the run game, play action, getting him out in open space, allowing him to survey the field with extra time. He's not going to be get the ball out of his hands within a millisecond and just death by paper cut guy. Very much like, you know, Brady and then take the deep shot said, this is a guy that that absolutely can be effective in the rollout. You know whose system? He's he's effective under. He can be effective under a Gary Kubiak like system. Uh, so there there is just a lot of. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of that. Of course, we're taking it all on Facebook at uh, or excuse me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. Uh, lots of instant reaction on MileHighSports.com. That's where you can go and read up on the articles. And of course, it's all presented by tap fourteen. At least the Broncos Blitz podcast is the Broncos Blitz podcast. A daily podcast, of course, we'll be in the locker room this week. We'll uh, be getting ready for Houston and uh, the bye week and what's to come for this Denver Broncos team. Uh, so you can read up on that at MyLifeSports.com. That's MyLifeSports.com. Particular pieces from Justin Michael, Rich Kurtzman, uh, myself will have a couple pieces up there. Of course, uh, you can read up on the uh, penalties, wiping out the huge runs and passes that was a problem. Denver, just just not a disciplined team. Uh, Mahomes, just uh, he's a special player. He's a special player. Four touchdowns. But again, you had those opportunities. You had those small little windows. Those small little windows, particularly after the Justin Simmons interception. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, maybe this team is not dead. You're down by 10. You have the, the ball somewhere around, I think it was midfield. If you can capitalize there, there's plenty of time, plenty of time to come back and Denver could not do that on offense so there's just a there's a lot of frustration, a lot of um I think there's a lot of Broncos fans that are coming to the realization that this is just uh gonna this is gonna be 2017 all over again, which you know quite frankly, if you were paying attention, you're probably not surprised. But I think there were some of you, some of you and myself included. Because I think that I thought this team was going to be far better than what it was. But I think there was a little bit of that optimism that was like, you know what, if they utilize Case Keenum correctly, and he's at least a competent quarterback, he doesn't turn the ball over, then this is this is a team that could actually be very, very effective in the year. Well, instead, you're getting a team that is now led by a case keenum who's turned the ball over thirteen times. Uh excuse me, well now adding the uh, the fumble today as well as the interception. Let's do the math. This is what, 15? 15 turnovers from Case Keenum? Because again, fumbles count. Fumbles are a thing. Uh, fumbles a big deal and Case Keenum's got a lot of them. He's got a lot of interceptions too after only throwing seven. Seven last year. 15 turnovers in eight games. That equates to 30, do the math, 30 uh, as we hit the halfway marker for this Denver Broncos season who is once again on track for just a dreadful season. uh, If you were to replicate their record for the first half, they would finish 6-10. So our instant reaction to the Broncos Lost to Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead 30 23. I got to say, the Denver defense actually, for, for quite some time, didn't play that all that bad. I know Patrick Mahomes has got a great stat box, but I tell you what, Kansas City could not get it going on the ground. They bottled up Kareem Hunt. Tyreek Hill did not absolutely kill them, and they did fairly well. Sammy Watkins. You know, I, I think Kansas City's one of those teams that it's like y- you're going to somebody is going to have the big box score day, but as long as it's just in chunks and you're not getting killed there, you're fine. Tyreek Hill didn't have that five-catch, 150-yard, two-touchdown day. Sammy Watkins day, eight catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Yes, you, you, you don't like that stat line, but when you think of it, he only had his longest catch was 24 yards. It was a chunk-type day, and... When you're playing an offense that good, I think that's the that's all you can hope for, because this is a Kansas City team that is capable of scoring into the 40s, and for a while they actually did box them up fairly well. Now, the floodgates opened up in the second half, but you know it's a it's a 16-14 game going into halftime. 16-14, one possession game. Kansas City gets the ball to start the second half. They score 14 in the third quarter, and then you're just playing from behind the whole way. And uh, it was all she wrote. So the Denver Broncos they drop to three and five. They are now one and three on the road. Uh, and and we'll see what happens with jobs. Uh, you know, with with coaching staffs and coordinators you know I I think this is one of those games that you probably don't do anything with the bye week coming certainly the Houston game could be very telling because if they lose that game we may be seeing a new head coach here but I don't know if it's logical at this point to move on because you got that game next week of course and uh you know the bye week after that so certainly the schedule may play out to where we see one more game with Vance Joseph and and even then you know you look at and you say does this team really get better without Vance Joseph? Uh, because who's who's filling the role? Who's filling the shoes? I really don't know. I mean, are you, are you looking at a Jeep Crest? Are you looking at Gary Kubiak coming back and coaching s- six games? That's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. Six seven games. That's quite a bit for a guy whose health is a issue uh, with him coaching. And of course, he left for it in well. Don't really know if we're coming back from that. This may be one of those bye weeks that, unfortunately, while well, you see it in the first uh, uh, part of the year, before the actual season starts, you're like, oh, yeah, week 10, late bye, that's a good thing. And actually, it may now play against the Denver Broncos now. is uh, You know, if this was a bye week that was more in the weeks 13, uh, or I should say 12, uh, you know, maybe this is a, a team that moves on from Vance. But I think you may see Vance coach out the rest of the year. Now you may see some coordinator changes. You very well may, but we'll have to see how it goes. Of course, uh, you can keep keep it updated at Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio where uh, reacting to the Broncos loss. Of course, we'll get postgame reaction, audio quotes, all that good stuff on my Twitter page at Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio, R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. Be sure to do it as uh, we'll have some stuff up as well on MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Be sure to go check it out. All that good stuff for a complete archive of the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Breakdowns, discussions, all that good stuff. I appreciate you listening. Daily podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with another good one of the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Presented by TAP14 and our friends at Pro Football Focus. Use that promo code POD20. POD20 for 20% off your subscription to the Broncos, or I should say the uh, Elite Edge memberships over there at com with the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Find archives at themilehighsports.com. It's milehighsports.com or on my Twitter page at Ronicky Radio. That's at Ronicky Radio. We'll see you next time.